Hey, if you have a Bible, flip open to Genesis chapter 39. I know you're like, that's weird. We don't, it's 2016 West. We don't use Bibles anymore. I get it. But just open it up or just click over to it. If you have an, an app, we use version, and um, you, we use a New Living Translation so you can download a thing called version. It's an awesome, awesome Bible tool for you. If you came here today and you're like, man, I don't have a Bible. We'd love to give you a Bible, but you can have a Bible on your phone. It can go everywhere that you are. Um, and so we want you to have that. We are in a week, uh, our last week of a series called Strapped. Last week of a series called Strapped. And here's what we, um, oh, commercial. Today's fourth Sunday. <laughs> you see how I did that? Lisa, I just put the brakes on it. Hey, commercial, if you're in junior high, if you're in sixth through eighth grade, we have an environment set up for you on second and fourth Sunday. We set up an environment for all of our sixth through eighth graders where we have donuts and chocolate milk and we have a, a relevant message for you. And there's candy there also. I don't know if that's going to help you get there or not, but it's, it's there. And it's, we're going to give your kid back to you all hyped up. And uh, we, we apologize for that in advance. So if you're in sixth through eighth grade, you can roll out right now. Just go right to that back door. Just follow the rest. Yeah, just go in that direction. And Nick's back there. He's doing a killer job with loving and hanging out with our middle school students, sixth or eighth grade. You can just roll back that direction. And mom and dad, they're going to come back. Trust me, we're going to bring your kid back to you. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, my kid's an angel. Sure they are. Sure they are. We're going to have a good time today in that environment. They're going to have a, a blast. Um, they're, doing, they're in a series called uh, Roommate. Roommate. It's all about the things that we let around us. So if you're here today, you're, this is going to be age appropriate because there are a bunch of now all the middle school students are out and we have a great environment for all of our hope kids that are our kids that are kindergarten, actually zero to fifth grade. There's something for every age today. And, and um, we're in a series called Strap though. And um, what I would like to do today is, is I would like to present to you uh, an idea that hopefully will save and change your life for the long haul. We don't want to bring in here today and, and give you like a quick shot in the arm and say, okay, cool, good luck. This will get you to next week. Why it can, we believe that today can be something that you can apply to your life that can last for forever. That'd be, that's encouraging, right? Give me something that's going to help me that's going to last forever. I'll take that. And so we're in a series called Strapped. And um, as an illustration today, I got up this, um, this extension cord today. And um, it would be silly today if I walked around with this thing completely wrapped around myself. Some of you guys are like, that wouldn't surprise us with you, Wes. I know it wouldn't. But it would be silly today to walk around going through life com completely strapped up like this. Just, hey, let's, you guys want to go out to eat today? And I was like, yeah, let's cool. Where do you want to go? And I show up today with, with this cord on me. You'd be like, hey, he's not with us. <laughs> we're, we're not with him. And, you, and we began to sit down and have a meal. And, and I would go to reach for my fork, but I'd be so tired I couldn't reach my fork. Or, or maybe at the end of the time together, okay, I'll see you later. And I'd, be, I'd go to wave, and I couldn't because I was living completely strapped up. And I realized this for a lot of people in, in life, we live kind of like this. And there's lots of things that strap us up like this. There's lots of things that keep us restricted from being all that God has for us to be and being all that God wants us to be. And so a couple things that we addressed week one, we talked about the voices inside of our head. If you're honest today, sometimes the voices inside of our head, they restrict us so much. And what happens is that what gets in your mind, it stays in your mind. You can't get it out. And those voices, some of us in here today, we've gotten used to those voices inside of our head. And they just, they, they live there now. And they tell us things like, I got a phone call last night at about 10 o'clock from a, a young man who's completely distraught about some things that are going on in his life. And, and he said, man, I'm just trying to control these voices inside of Keep them out. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're not going to make it. Things are going to be bad for you today. They're always going to be bad for you. And so we want to help you get those, those straps off and get those voices outside of your head. But when you have voices inside your head, you can't be all that God has you to be because those voices completely always try to trip you up and push you down. 
push you down. Week two, we talked about relationships. We talked about relationships, and relationships are super, super important for us because God made you to be relational. Whether you're an introvert or extrovert, it doesn't really matter in here today. Whether you're a people person or you're a task person, it doesn't matter. God made you inside you to want to do life with people. Or he made us to be at our highest level, to be at where we're supposed to be. Our fighting shape is when we're in community with other people and relationships with other people. And having people in your life is super, super important. The problem with that is this, that we've been beat up before. Someone's taken, we lost trust in people or we've been hurt by people. And so it's hard for us to trust people again. But God wants you and I to be in relationship with other people. We are, we, we say this our church, we are better together. You're better. You're better with me in your life and I'm better with you in my life. And I say this a lot when people say, man, I love this church. And I, or hey, I need this church. Man, I, I need you in my life. I, I sit in a community group on, on every other Wednesday at my home and I lead one across town. On the east side of town, I drive 25 minutes each way to go be in a community group because I'm better with people in my life. And you, just so you know, in case you're wondering, you're better with people in your life. And I know it's hard. I wish I could just convince everyone that being with people is, is better and you can be better together. I wish I could convince that, but it's so hard. I wish I can go to people's life and say, hey, I'm going to plug a computer into you and I'm going to go into your mind and I'm going to take away the pain that someone's imposed on you because they've hurt you or because they've done something to harm you. So I wish I could do that, but I can't. God wants us to be relational. We're better when we're with people. And then we talked about last week being strapped financially, strapped financially and you know, majority of the world is strapped financially. Over half the world is strapped financially. And um, God, and it, the problem with that is that God has created you and I to be generous people, but it's hard to be generous when we're strapped. It's hard to be generous. It's hard to give and it's hard to serve. It's hard to love. It's hard to spend time with people that God's called us to if we're living strapped. It's hard to do that because we're not where God wants to be at. And so I want to help you break those, um, break those straps off in your life. Here's what I want to address today. What do you do? What do you do when you identify the straps that's holding you back? And you decide, hey, I want those straps to come off. But the inevitable happens. Those straps aren't falling off. What do you do, what do, you do when that happens? Because that seems like that's normal. Wes, I, I want to break this mental thing that I have going on. I, wanna, I have a physical straps or I have emotional straps or the straps of depression, the straps of anxiety. I want them to leave me. What do I do when I, when I want those to leave me? What, what, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I say? What, what am I supposed to do when, they, when they're not falling off? Because I really want them to fall off and they won't fall off. I've asked God and I've asked God, or maybe I just began to ask God, or maybe I've asked God to take my straps off. And so they've been off. I've been asking them for like three days now and they're still on me. <laughs> We live in such an immediate, we, want, we like immediate gratification. We like things to happen super fast, don't we? When you text me, you want to see those bubbles pop up right away, don't you? So you can see that I'm texting you back. But the worst thing ever happens is when you see those bubbles and then they go away. <laughs> You're like, stinking jerk. You saw the message. And some of you guys are brave. I would never, ever, I don't leave read receipts on. Like, who does that? Some of you guys here, some of you guys do, but if I see that you've read it and you haven't replied back or if, or if I've texted you or if you've texted me vice versa and I can see the read receipts and you can see, man, he's not, why isn't he responding? You read it three days ago or you read it two days ago or you read it six minutes ago. How come you haven't responded yet? We, the average person likes their text messages responded back within less than a minute. <laughs> If you're a business owner, you're like, yeah, I like it done right away. I like that thing. I like them to text me back before I actually text them. <laughs> I like the email back. Why haven't they e I emailed you yesterday? How come you haven't emailed me back 
yet. We like things to happen super fast. Well, so what do I do when, I, when I've identified the straps and I decided to give the straps to God? What do I do when they, when they don't seem like they're fun enough? I want to address that today. I want to look at a man in the Bible who's going to give us, um, who's going to give us some advice that I think will be very, very applicable to you and I today. Genesis chapter 39. I want to look at a man by the name of Joseph. I want to look at it by the man of the name of Joseph. I, I think it's smart for you and I to look at people's lives and try to not do what they did so that you can succeed. Or if you see someone who's successful, to look at them and say they were successful, I want to repeat what they did. Joseph, I, I, and here's the deal also, I think what you need to get this. When you read the Bible, and when I come to you and say, hey, I want you guys to be like Joseph, or I want you to be like this follower of Jesus, or I want you to be like Jesus, or I want you to be like Paul, or be like this guy in the Bible who was following Jesus, they all go through a moment in their life where they're super strapped. You can't find a superhero in the Bible, if you will. You're like, there's superheroes in the Bible? Yeah, they're in Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the Hall of Faith. But you can't go through this Bible and see someone that God used in a great way without seeing, going to tracing it back to seeing that they had straps in their life. You, you, you can't do that. You name a person. They, you name the person, and they went to a season of life where they were completely bound up. This guy, Joseph, he had it bad. You know what's bad when your brothers and sisters don't like you? <laughs> You're like, hey, I don't, I don't like you. And it's worse, like it's fine if you assume your brothers and sisters don't like you, but when they tell you, hey, I don't like you, that's a whole nother level. <laughs> I don't like you. Tootie and Twinkie are here today and they, their, their mom's name is May and they're their sisters. They're their only two siblings. What if one said, hey, I don't like you. We're gonna live together, but every day you wake up, once you know I, I don't like you. My twins, um, pray for my twins, uh, pray for all of my kids. My wife has left me for four days which you've, if you were married to me, you need to leave for four days as well. <laughs> it's kind of like therapy. And um, I don't know where she's at. She's like, I'm leaving. And so I'm like, I don't blame you, you know? And so she's gone four days. So I have these kids. So they're, they're here today and they're dressed. Thanks to my sister. Yesterday they were dressed. I only can make it. I can make it two and a half more days. I can do it. So just pray for me and pray for them. But my twins there, one's a bully and one's a kind and sweet person. <laughs> My son, he's a sweet one. My daughter, she's a bully. I posted a picture yesterday. I'm like, hey, go, and it's mean of me to do this, but it's the kind of stuff I do. He don't want her to, he doesn't want her touching him. No one wants to hang out with a bully. You know what I'm saying? And my twin daughter, she's the bully in that relationship. <laughs> so I said, Sayla, we were out at Park Avenue yesterday, and I said, Sayla, go give Jude a hug. Well, he don't want her to hug her, because when I'm not looking at him, she's usually hugging him, squeezing his neck. Like, she puts him in a headlock. She's, he'll walk in the room. He's like, oh. I'm like, what's wrong? Lift the shirt up, bite marks. You know, like she's just a, she's an assassin, you know? And so they're going back. So I said, go give him a hug. Well, she goes up and gives him a hug. And we're at the park. And I watch this people. I'm, I'm a people watcher. I think that's why I go to the park. But I, I'm watching. I say, say, go give Jude a hug. And I snap the picture of it. And she's like, boom. And he's like trying to like get his hands in between him so he can push her away from him. He's like, you betrayer. Get away from me, Satan. He's kind of having that moment with her. My sister noticed that they were that look, but Joseph had siblings who didn't like him. So much to the point where like, well, let's, let's get rid of him. Like that's, that's strapped. And we can relate with Joseph. I mean, I want to be there. I want to be her friend. I want to be his friend. I want to have friends. I'm, I'm afraid to go be friends with them. Or, hey, I, I wish I'd be friends with them, but I can't because I'm, like, I'm not like them. I can't be friends with them. And Joseph's like, I want to be friends with my brothers and sisters. <laughs> like I don't even care about having friends. I, I just want my brothers and sisters to like me. They're like, well, let's go get rid of him. So his brothers pick him up and they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to get rid of you. And so they take him and he has a jacket and it's, you've heard the story, it's the coat of many colors and 
And this jacket, this jacket's there for, for, their, for their warmth. That was the jacket that they would have at that time. It wasn't super affluent, but that helped them there. And the colors on there, depending on what kind of colors it were, that meant something. And so he's wearing this jacket, and his brother said, let's go get rid of him. So they go, and they, they throw him in a hole. Like, let's get rid of him. Like, oh, that's not going to work. And then some, some people coming by, and like, hey, let's, let's sell him. <laughs> that's mean, right? Like, some of you guys smile. Like, we're going to, I can't imagine selling my brother. Like, sometimes I want to sell him. But, you know, I, I can't imagine saying, I'm going to sell my brother. I'm going to go make a quick buck. I'm just going to go sell my brother. That's, that's my plan. Let's sell him. Well, he, they sell him, and he gets into a place in his life where he's, he becomes a slave. I mean, if you're, if you're, in, if you're living in slavery, that's, that's about as strapped as one could get. The Bible says that you and I were once slaves. We were once sons and daughters of darkness, but now if we're a follower of Jesus, we are son and darkness, we're son and daughters of light. We've been adopted by Jesus. And Joseph is living his life, and it's just not going well. And so Joseph is at a place in his life where he gets thrown into different situ- situations, and he's just like, it doesn't get, like you ever met someone like, man, it can't get any worse? It's Joseph. And so in, in Genesis chapter 39, I want to read the story today, and it, it's going to get worse. When Joseph was taken to Egypt, by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was, cap- Pot- Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served at the home of the Egyptian master. You, you, there's a verse there that says he succeeded in everything he did. The Lord was with him. The Lord wants to be with you today. At our church, we say this every week, your best is yet to come. The best is yet to come if we're doing what God's called us to do. If we're at the right place at the right time, God's going to do, what he, God's going to do some great things in our life. The Bible, I was at, I was at CrossFit this weekend, and my coach said to me, you, God, I got done with the workout, I'm like, man, I hate my coach. And he said to me, God gave you all the energy, all the capability to do everything that you just did and more. And I believe this, that we, and he sent me the verse in the Bible, I can do all things through Christ. God, you can do a lot more with Christ inside of you than you can with Christ on in your life. You can do so much more, so many more blessings can be coming your way if we're in line with what God has called us to do. And so he was, God, Joseph was doing what God called him to do. He succeeded in everything. He did as he served in the name, I'm sorry, he served in the home of the Egyptian master. This guy has worked his way up to a high level. Potiphar noticed this and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. You want to run with successful people, by the way. That's a freebie today. That's not the best. But you want to run with people that are going in the right direction. We said this a few weeks ago. You're the average of your five closest friends. You want to run with people that are successful. You want to run with people that are financially wiser than you. You want to run with people that are, that are doing well. You, you want that. You want to be in community with people that are going in the right direction. Because you're going to typically go in the direction where all your five closest friends are going. If you're in negative environments and you're in impossible environments to succeed, then it's going to be impossible for you to succeed, so you're not going to succeed. And so Potiphar was smart enough to say this. This guy, man, he's got it. You ever meet someone, they have it? He's like, this guy has God's favor, and I want that. I mean, we should all want God's favor in our life. I do. I don't want you to like me. I want you to like Christ inside of me. If you would have met me at 15, you would say, that kid's a punk jerk. Some of you guys, you're like, I still know you. You're still a punk jerk. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm not a finished product, you know, but I'm in process. God's going to use me. He, he can make me more like him. But he, you want to run with people that are going in the right direction. So he did that. He placed Potiphar, this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal assistant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. 
From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs, affairs ran smoothly, and his crops, livestock, they all flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administration responsibility over everything that he owned. With Joseph there, he did not worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. This guy was crushing the game. Oh, and I want to, before we go any further, I want you just to keep in track this phrase that we see all the time, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Joseph was this place where no one liked him, but Joseph believed the best days were ahead of him. And he got up and he got up the next and he took a step in the right direction. He got a step in the right direction. His brother says, hey, we're going to put you in his slavery. We're going to try to get rid of you. We're going to try to kill you. They, they wanted to kill him, but they didn't have the heart to kill him, which that's kind of good. So they get to this place where they're like, hey, we're done with you yet. Yeah, we don't want anything to do with you. And they move on. But Joseph still believed the best is yet to come. So Joseph gets put into this house and he works his way from the bottom to the top. You know what Joseph believed the whole entire way? The best is yet to come. I can break the financial straps. I can break the relational straps. I can, I can break the physical straps and the hunger that he went through. I can get through. I can get through the depression. I can get through the anxiety. I believe the best is yet to come. I'm just going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on trusting that God is good. Your situation may not be good, but God is good. And he's like, I'm going to keep on believing. 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 And then misfortune knocks at his door again. The Bible says here, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administration and responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he did not worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very good-looking young man, and he was well-built. guy was strong. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. And she says, Come and sleep with me. She demanded. She said, Hey, boy, hey. <laughs> She wanted to make him his bae. And if you don't know what that is, ask your 15-year-old. I'll explain it to you later. Joseph refused. He looked at her and said, my master trusts me with everything. Joseph knew that doing the right thing was the right thing. <laughs> That's so basic. You could tweet that, though. Joseph knew that the right thing was the right thing. I think sometimes we don't know the right thing is the right thing. But here's what he did know. He knew what the right thing was, and he did the right thing. Because maybe you know the right thing. I believe this. Every, the youngest person here today, 15 through, through however old you are, I believe everyone in this room here knows right from wrong when you get about 15. I believe that. I think my five-year-old knows right from wrong. <laughs> Last night I said, Trip, I said, you're going to sleep with me tonight. We're going to go to church early today, and uh, you're going to sleep in bed with me. So I walk in the room. He's underneath the covers, completely underneath the covers. And I hear noise coming. He's got Dinah's iPad. I'm like, oh, Trip, I have no idea where you're at. <laughs> Where'd Trip go? So I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, yeah, I'm watching the show. Put the sheets back over my head. I'm like, you can't watch it with the sheets. No, I'm not. So let us so a few more minutes, I'm going to come in. And I think Tripp knows right. I think Tripp knows right from wrong. I think a little bit more than that, Hope, she was nine. I think she knows right from wrong. My two-year-olds do not know right from wrong. They just don't. I, I wish they did. <laughs> That'd be awesome. When I said don't do that, they would, don't do, they would not do what I asked them not to do. But they don't. Joseph kept doing the right thing over and over again. She says, okay, come sleep with me. And you know what? Joseph probably thought I could do that and no one would ever know. No one would ever. Now, what, she's not going to tell anybody. All, all the reasons why he could have done it, he could have slipped into him and started saying, you know what? It'll be one time. Be, but Joseph said, no. My master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He was held back. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It should be a great sin against God. Verse 10. It wasn't a sin against his bro. Why it was? He's like, this is a huge sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. 
and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one was around when he went to do his work. She came in, she grabbed him, she grabbed his, his jacket, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand, and he ran as fast as he could. Verse 13, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he, and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband was brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to try to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his jacket behind. Verse 16, she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him the story. That Hebrew slave, you brought him into our house he tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph again. Even though Joseph did the right thing, he ran as fast as he could. He gets punished or gets taken away and, and, and penalty comes his way. Even though he did nothing wrong. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and he showed him his faithful love. And the, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite within the, prisoner, within the prison. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that had happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. You, are you getting the story today? I think sometimes these things read so well, you don't got to preach them. You just got to read them and you can walk away. You can close your Bible and say, cool, we're done. Joseph did the right thing. Served his dad, honored his parents, honored your mother and your father so your days may be longer. Middle school, high school students that are still here say, that's the right thing too because that pleases the Lord. And his brothers didn't like that. And Satan didn't like that. So he trips them up and he gets back into the season again. He's doing the right thing. He's serving the Lord and he gets thrown into, thrown into this it's slavery. And he says, hey, I'm going to be a slave, but I'm going to be the best slave there is. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to let my bosses are going to see me the same. And this guy's a great, an amazing slave. This guy works his bottom off and he gets promoted. And he's in charge of all the slaves. Now, he's a, now he goes from slave to being a slave director and he's there. And he gets to a place where one of his bosses say, hey, I want you in my house. And he says, hey, you're going to be the floor sweeper. And so he became the floor sweeper. And then he became the counter cleaner because you got to have clean counters. My counters are not going to be clean for four days. Dads, I do a little bit different. Moms, I do a little bit different in case you're wondering. We're going to, we clean up when you guys are getting back. You know what I'm saying? In case you're wondering, you're like, oh, not my husband. He cleans up the whole entire time. He doesn't. He's a liar. What we do is we wait for you to be coming back home, and then we, mad, we, mad, we, we go scrambling for 30, 40 minutes. Or we, and we get cleaning the best we can. Hey, all my kids, go to your room. They're like, why? I said, mom's going to be home 15 minutes. I need you out because I'm about to have an all-out war in this living room. I'm going to clean this thing up. I'm gonna be, we're going to be able to lick all this for you. I'm, I'm vacuuming that thing as fast as I can. I'm getting like carpal tunnel on my elbow. Like I'm cleaning things. I'm like vacuuming and I'm like wiping things. I'm kicking stuff in the counter. Like we're trying to clean up because we know our wives are coming home. We don't want their wives to come in and say, hey, what have you done the whole time? I don't know. Chase these four kids around. I've got a list of excuses on what you did while she was gone. If you need them to see me, um, I just start crying. And I'm like, it's so hard. How do you do this all day? You're such a great wife. And I try to spin it the best I can. And, but she's caught on to that, so I've got to get more creative. And so Joseph is in his life. He's cleaning so good. Like, hey, I want to take you to the top. 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 I think he's doing the right thing. He's at the wrong place, and she grabs his jacket, and he can't get away from her. She takes off, takes off running. And he runs. He runs as fast as he can. He runs as, he doesn't look back at all. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm gone. 
And I don't know where he went after he ran, but he went and stopped somewhere. He wasn't a fugitive. He ran. I don't know if he ran to, I don't know if he ran outside and sat outside until his boss got there and he said, hey, you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, we have to have a talk. I used to hate when my parents would know that I got in trouble before I could tell them that I got in trouble. <laughs> it's the worst. You want, it always goes like this. You want to tell me what happened at school today? Oh, the basic. <laughs> First period, second period, third, fourth, fourth period. The basic. I, I didn't, you know, my, I, I'm a preacher now, so you can imagine my mouth has never stopped my whole entire life. I got in trouble all the time. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. <clears throat> I can't imagine. I would hate that. He just sat outside. I don't know what, he's like, here I am strapped again. I'm doing the right thing. And the enemy is trying to kill me. Distractions are being thrown at me. Satan's pushing me down. He does not want me to win. He hates me. I'm doing the right thing. Even doing the right thing, I, even doing the right thing I'm getting, I'm tripped up. I think we can relate with that because we want to do the right thing. We want to do the right thing, but Satan does not want you to do the right thing. I was telling someone the other day that, man, we do the right thing, but no one else around us wants us to do the right thing. In community group this past Wednesday, if, our, our, our study was talking about if you ever get uncomfortable in this world, if you ever get uncomfortable on earth, it's okay because you're not meant for this earth. The Bible says that we have a home, and our home's in heaven. And so I want to talk to you today just for a few moments. It's around this big word called run. You're like, that's not big. For me, it's big. <laughs> it's, a, it's only a three-letter word, but it's big. It's huge. The word run is huge. I, I, I want to I paint this picture around this idea of, of running, of running. Have you ever saw someone who said, man, it looks like an overnight success? Overnight successes don't exist. Those are people who, who, were, who were running and they were going as fast and as hard as they could. They were running. And so I want to talk to you about running for a few moments. And then I want to, after that, I want to invite the band to come up and I want to give us a moment. I always shaft us at the very end. We don't have a whole lot of time to make a decision, but I want to lead in this. I want to keep, I want to keep progressing. And I want to give you a moment to have a, an opportunity to have a, a long or a short conversation with God because I want you to come here today and I want you to meet with Jesus. That's why we wanted you to come here today. Sure, the coffee's good and sure we want to hug you and sure we want to love you, but I just think, I just some of you guys say, you just need a touch from God. I'm meeting people on a weekly basis and sometimes on a daily basis and I was telling Stefan this on Friday night, but when I see the people, it's a big gaping gash in their side. And you're like, I don't have a gash in my side. Yeah, you do. We all have, we all have this thing in our life. Stefan and I were talking about this. You ever wonder sometimes, am I, is, the, is the insecurity or the struggle ever going to leave me? Do you, ever, do you ever wonder, am I ever going to be able to make it to where God has for me? Am I ever going to get there all the way fully? Am I ever going to get there? Because I really want to get there. Am I ever going to get there? And then something throws a bomb at us, or Satan throws a bomb at us, and like this gaping wound is there. And it exposes all the past. And the pain is there. And, it's, and, and, and maybe there's some infection starts to happen. And we're like, man, I just need that. And so I would, I would like today to set up a moment for you to give you an opportunity to just have a moment with God where God can touch the place where it hurts the most. So here's, the, deal about, here's the, the big idea about this thing, run. You're like, where'd you get that from? I got it from this, he ran. Um, but even before I got it from this scripture, I, 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 there's a movie out, um, it's old. It's called Forrest Gump. If you've seen it, I think it's become a classic. It's, it's just a good movie. But you know, when the, you know the best scene in that movie? You, you know it, you're like, it's this, it's this. And the best scene in that movie is early on in the movie. And he, he has these straps on his leg. He's born with them and he has them on and no one likes him. He's strapped. Doesn't have a lot of friends. He's strapped. 
never going to have a great job and work his way up the ladder, any type of physical job because he's, he's strapped. He got to a point in, his life, a point in his life, he's like, I'm getting out of these. No more. And we got to get to a point in our life where we say, God, I don't want this no more. I don't want this. You can have it. I'm not going to walk around anymore with these straps on because I can't do it anymore. It's tiring. It's hard. Maybe once every day, it's impossible to walk around this. I can't do this anymore. These, this is impossible walking around with this. This is miserable for me, Wes. I'm done with this. And more so than that, Wes, God, I am done with this. This is not my life anymore. I'm going to get, get rid of it. But I can't shake it, Wes. What do I do if I can't shake it? What if I do if I want to get out of these straps, but I can't get out of these I'm going to tell you what you do. You got to do what Forrest Gump did. You got to start running. And you got to run to the point where him, he just kept on running and kept on running and kept on running and kept on running. And eventually the shackles fell off. And this isn't the message, but this is you got to run and you got to fall down and you got to run and you got to fall down and you got to run and you got to fall down. You got to run and you got to fall down. Perfect example. Every morning I wake up and I get on Instagram or social media. And for the last X amount of times, thank you for the illustration today, I see Giselle posting up running. And I see her distance getting longer and longer and longer because she's training for a marathon. And she said, you ought to do it with me. I'm like, I love you, but not that much. And uh, no thanks, I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a half guy. I'm a half, Mar I'm a half African-American, I'm a, I'm a half marathon guy. I can do a half. I can do a half, I'm good with that. 13.1 is good for me. Well, today she posted a picture of her falling. And she scraped her knee up and she scraped her hand up. And I can relate with that. My first, my first half marathon, I get to about mile eight and I fall at a water stop. Everyone around me is watching me. And I fall down and, who's laughing? You guys are jerks. All the mean people just laugh. And I busted my knee up and I busted my hand. I saw, I saw Giselle's picture. I'm like, I can relate with that. And that's what the Christian walk is like. I'll be honest with you today. That's what life is like. That's what marriage is like. That's what building a relationship is like. You just go as fast as you can and do as well as you can. You fall, but then you get back up. And if you can't get back up, that's why it's super important to have people around your life because you may not want to get up. You may not want to go train for the 26.1, but you'll never ever accomplish it if you never get up 26.2. You'll never accomplish it if you don't get back up and run some more. And you'll never ever break the bond. If you, if you're, some of you guys started a budget last week. You're like, I want to start a budget because I don't want to be financially strapped. And you know what happens when you start a budget last week? You got a flat tire. <laughs> you don't have a budget for that. Or you know, probably worse than that. Someone said, you're starting a budget. I'm going to start a budget. I'm going to start a budget. And someone said, hey, do you want to be in my wedding? <laughs> That's the worst question ever. Do you want to be in my wedding? No, I don't want to spend 500 bucks to go be in your wedding for 35 minutes. No. The answer is no. But do I, really have a, do I really have a choice? The answer is no. But isn't that weddings? <laughs> You're like, you have a lot of deep pain inside for weddings. <laughs> I'm glad I'm the pastor now because now I just go and perform the weddings. It's a lot easier to perform the weddings. I got the same suit that I wear for weddings. Like, he owns a suit? Absolutely I do. I wear it for weddings. <laughs> Only. I don't even wear it at funerals. Like, I just put a suit and tie on and I go do these weddings. Life is falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up. So here's what I want to tell you. Number one, you can worry about your straps or you can run to the solution. I think Forrest Gump could be like, man, I have these straps in my legs. Man, I have these straps in my legs. Oh man, I'm strapped financially. Man, I'm strapped relationally. Man, I'm strapped physically. Man, I'm strapped and strapped. Or he could look up and say, I'm gone. I'm going to run. I'm just going to run with them on until they fall off. Isn't it nice, ladies and or men here, today? you start running and you wear whatever size you wear and after running for a week or two weeks or two months or three months or four months, you're like, oh, my pants are starting to fall down because they're, they're too big for me. You got you to gotta ratchet the belt up a little bit tighter. That's a great feeling. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that must be nice. You just, you just ratchet out and you keep on going. What happens is you, 
you start losing weight because you're slimming down. Or you can, you can look at your life and say, oh man, I'm, I'm strapped, I'm strapped, I'm strapped, I'm strapped. You can spend so much time worried about your straps that you forget to look at the solution. The solution is Jesus today. The Bible tells us this in Psalms 121, David himself had straps. All the people in the Bible we look to for a great example, they all had straps on in their life. And David says here, where does my help come from? He goes, I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and he made earth. The person that you need to fix all your problems made all of the earth. And he's good enough and he's great enough and he's God enough to help you with whatever you're going through in here. So whatever straps you have on today, you gotta run to the solution. You gotta run to Jesus. My son taught me a little song today. He said, hey, I know a song. It's kind of a baby song, but I'm gonna teach you. He taught me this little song about Jesus. He's five. 15, 25, 35, 45. We gotta get some songs in us about Jesus and say, I'm gonna run to the solution. That's, we gotta memorize some scripture that's gonna get us to the solution. That when we're tired and we're beat up and we're out, we gotta get to the solution. His name is Jesus. Where does my help come? Where does your help come from? Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. And here's the second thing. You can wander about your future or you can run to your father. You can wander and wander both. It doesn't really matter which one it is. You can wander and you can wander, you can wander and you can wander about your future or you can run to your father. Like Wes, that's the same thing. You're darn right it is. That's the point. The point is Jesus. If you come back next week, and I hope you do, we're going to talk about Jesus. And you come back the next week, we're going to talk about Jesus. The next time that we're not going to talk about Jesus is Christmas Day because we're taking, we're taking that Sunday off. You're like, you, you hellion. Jesus can still meet with us. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take off Christmas Day because it's on a Sunday this year. We're gonna, we're fam, we, we believe in the families. We're going to take it off. We're going to always talk about Jesus because I believe Jesus can get you to where you got to be at. The Bible says that he's the author of your faith, but he's also the finisher. Forgot what I was going to say. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the alpha and the omega. I love it. Matthew 6, 34 says, don't wonder about your future. Don't worry about tomorrow. Get through today. Get through today. Wes, I'm going to stop. I'm going I'm to leave my straps. Don't worry about leaving them today. And then tomorrow we're about leaving them. The next day we're about leaving them. The next day we're about leaving them. We got to take the straps. We got to say, I'm just going to run. Until they fall off. I'm gonna run until they fall off. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run until they fall west. West, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run until they fall off. Um, <clears throat> I gotta be done. Like that's a pretty classy ending west that you had there. I know. But I want to give you point three. I think it's super, super important. You can serve yourself or you can run to others. You can continue to serve yourself or you can run to other people. Joe and Shannon are um, there in my community group and they have straps because we all have straps. Like, how can you say that? I'm in their community group and I got straps. We all got straps. <clears throat> but they said, hey, we want to serve on Thanksgiving Day. We want to serve. We want to serve on Thanksgiving Day. We don't, it's not about us. We want to, we want to make it about other people. We've been here long enough to know it's about other people. Your life's not about your life anyways. Your life is about other people. We want to find, so they're like, I'm getting texts, Facebook, hey, we're working out. They're working out. They're obviously, go for it, do it. If you feel called to do it, go and do it. By the way, if you're here today and you feel called to do it, go out and go and do it. You don't need church to write a stamp. Hey, I want to start this ministry, Brother Wes. Can you sign off on it? No, don't sign off. Go love people. If it falls in line with loving people and sharing the gospel, then do it. <laughs> go for it. Don't wait for a committee together. Don't wait for any, we don't have any committees here. Just go and do it. Wes, I was wondering if I could love my neighbor. Yeah, you can love your neighbor. I wonder if I can bring donuts and oranges to my, my school, my, my daughter's classroom and give it to the teacher. I wonder if I can just, yeah, go and do it. 
If it's about other people, here's why it's so important to help other people, because when you help other people, it really puts in perspective what you're going through. And I'm not gonna downgrade what you're going through because it's a lot. You know what, it's heavy for you, then it's heavy. If it's heavy for you, I hear people something like, oh man, one kid is hard. It is hard for you. And two is hard for me. And three is hard for me. Four is impossible. People are like, why do you think God gave you twins? I think God gave me twins to punish me for all the sins that I've committed. Because <laughs> the list is long. I'm like, I've done a lot of sinning. Like, I don't know why he gave me twins. He gave me twins. I don't know. When you help other people, it puts in perspective of what you're going through. And I'm not downplaying it. It's important. It's important to me. And I, when you hurt, I hurt. If I know about what you're going through and people say, hey, can you pray for me? I, I carry that around. I pray more for you guys than I pray for myself. Because I want to help you. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you make it. I want to see you go for it. <clears throat> the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 11, 25, the generous will prosper. I love the next part. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You want to be refreshed? Yeah, Wes, what do I do? Do I go on vacation? You probably should go on vacation. Wes, what do I do? Yeah, you should not, eat, you should not check your emails all day today. That would be awesome. Those are all great things. But you know what will help you? Go help somebody. Who do I help? You don't got to go very far to help somebody. You don't. Here's what you have to do. You have to open up your eyes. You don't have to run to help other people. You, can, you don't have to go very far. I've seen people help people in this parking lot right after church. Help them way more than a 15-minute worship experience, way more than a 30-minute message, and do more, more good out there. I've seen people, we have people helping people all the time. It, it, it happened Thursday in this room back here, when this, not even on a Sunday. People are, you don't gotta look far to help other people. You just gotta look and listen. That's a message we preached like seven months ago. If you look and listen, it is not hard for you to help people. It's just not. You can look on Facebook today. You can right now, while you're here today, you can go through Facebook and you can see if someone needs help. You can do it. We're done. I love you. I'm with you. And I'm for you. Around you, there's a, there's a shoelace around you. And a lot of you are thinking, I wonder if he's going to forget about the shoelace. The answer is yes. I forgot about the shoelace. That's why I put one on my podium, so I wouldn't forget about the shoelace. I'm like, you should have notes. I probably should. <clears throat> when you go uh, work out today or tomorrow or when you make a New Year's resolution in three or four months, <laughs> whenever you do, one of the most important things you do, just so you know, is you tie your shoes. I walked into CrossFit on this, uh, I walked in to take my, uh, to take, to drop my kids off at school and my sister's their teacher. And you know, I'm all in. If I'm doing something, just so you know, I'm all in. I walk in there, Nike shoes, Nike socks. I've got compression pants on. Like, I don't know if that helps or not, but I got them on. My kids, think, what? My kids are like, hope and trip, like, Dad's wearing tights. <laughs> In case you're trying to figure it out, I wear shorts over them too. But I've got, I've got three course meals. I got them on. I've got my CrossFit shirt on. I mean, I'm all in. I've got, the, I've got a ring. That, that paramedics and EMTs and cops wear because it's, it's silicone, it's called a quailer ring so that it doesn't break. I, I'm, CrossFitters wear like, I'm all in. I'm, I'm 100% in. So I walk in and drop my kids off and my sister starts laughing at me. Look at this joker. Look at this guy. I'm like, wait till you see me next week. I'm getting a pair of, uh, I'm getting a pair of shorts, CrossFit shorts. My brother who's in the parking lot today, texts me right before I go, hey, I got your shorts in the parking lot. I'm all in. 
the most important part is you gotta tie your shoes. You have to tie your shoes to run. It's safer. Sometimes you can have them tied. I had my shoes super tied when I ran that half marathon, but that manhole cover was, hot, was higher than I thought it was. When you're about eight or nine miles in it, it, running, you feel like your knees are touching the sky, but they're probably just barely missing the ground. You're just trying to survive at eight mile, nine mile, 10 mile. But I know that you gotta tie your shoes. I wanna give you this, this is a gift for me to you today. And I wanna be a reminder to you that whatever you're going through in life, is you just gotta run away from it. You gotta run from it. What, can I walk away from it, Wes? You could, but it could pull you back in. And you don't want it to pull you back in because there's no guarantee you're gonna get out of it. Well, Wes, you said the best year to come. I believe that, but I wouldn't mess around with sin. One of my favorite messages is this. Sin will keep you longer than you wanna stay. It'll cost you more than you can pay. It'll keep you longer than you wanna stay every single time. You just wanna stay away from it. As far away as possible. So take this shoe list today and let it be reminded. I'm gonna invite you to stand up to your feet.